0: Father, come and touch my heart, touch my life. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful, Lord, to be able to bow our heads to you today. Lord, once again, Lord, to have a moment with you, Father, conference. We call Jesus on the scene today. Lord, have mercy on your people, Father. There's many that has needs in their bodies, many that has things they cannot handle or cannot deal with on their own, we need Jesus. We know that when we need you, you're ever-present Lord, to come on our behalf and for our situation, Lord. We just ask God that you'd come this evening, Lord, and you'd speak. Father, you'd touch our hearts and our lives. You'd forgive us, Father, of anything that we've done or said that would not be pleasing to thee, Lord. May we be covered by your blood, Lord, in this time that we're living in, Father. Lord, we know there's Many, Lord, that has need of a touch in their lives of you. We're just asking, God, that you touch us tonight. Touch us by your grace, we pray. We commit this service to you, Lord, and for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 10. Amen. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. To speak to you again on casting down imaginations, the pulling down of strongholds. Second Corinthians 10 and verse 3 said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. We let you be seated today. Looking here at what Paul wrote in the Word of God, it says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, they're not merely human. The weapons that we depend upon is not our human ability or our human nature or what we are born with as a human, but the weapons that we are dependent on are mighty through God. In other words, they're they're not of the nature of flesh, but they're in the nature of the supernatural. They're not under the control of of an animal appetite or a human appetite or a human nature, but they're under the control of the spirit of God. All of our human efforts combined can do nothing against the powers of darkness, but we are not relying on ourselves. We are relying on our God. Amen. These weapons are mighty in God. Amen. Mighty through God. The word mighty actually is translated, they're dynamically powerful. In other words, these weapons he has given us, he has supplied us with more than enough than we need to have victory in our lives. Amen. We just have to tap into what's already available. You know, Brother Brandon would make this statement, it's was a powerful statement. He said, any Christian in here has a right to meet Satan anywhere and defeat him. Hallelujah. How many Christians do we have here tonight? Any Christians in here has the right to meet Satan anywhere and defeat him on any grounds that he could ever stand on. Hallelujah. The weapons that we use are not physical. They're not tangible. But our weapons are weapons of faith. Their weapon, a wep, our weapons that we use is the word of God, their prayer, and even the weapon of worship. It is right believing or believing right. And they are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds that have tried to keep us bound. Now, strongholds are places that the devil has tried to build to hold you. Strongholds are many times the results of wrong thinking or wrong beliefs that have taken root in our lives. They're contrary to God's thoughts. As we have heard, the scripture says God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen. Our most are often inspired by the devil's lies. Lies that we have believed about ourselves, lies that we believe about God, lies that we believe about others. And that, that there gives a stronghold for the devil to hold on to your actions, to your behaviors, to your habits. And the more strongly you believe these lies, the stronger the whole. Now the hold strongholds doesn't just sit in your mind and do nothing. No, they produce actions. They produce behaviors. They produce habits. They produce, no matter what you try, it seems impossible to get rid of them. You know, someone compared a stronghold one time as I was studying this, I thought it was a really good analogy. They compared a stronghold to like being in a boat that is filling up with water, and you can grab a bucket, and you can work as hard as you want to to get the water out of the boat, but the water is not the problem. The, wa- the problem is the hole in the bottom of the boat. Amen. And many times strongholds uh, is, is our problems. And until you plug that or deal with that problem or that hole in your life or that hole in your thinking or, or that hole in your actions or whatever, uh, you're going to keep getting water in the boat. And all the hard work and all the efforts in the world will not get the water out. But the hole in the bottom of the boat is what the real problem is. Now, you know, we, we, you can try really hard to get rid of the behavior like the water. You know, the, I don't like being this way. I don't want to be this way. But it just keeps coming back. Amen. It keeps coming back, and it keeps coming back. You know, it was very strange here last Sunday. uh, Thoughts uh, as I was singing here at the end of service, the Lord began to deal with me about peace. And, you know, people want peace all the time, especially in the world that we live in. But many times in situations, people want God to change the situation instead of God changing them. Amen. And that's what we're dealing with is the boat, the hole in the boat. It's, you know, the water's still there. The trouble's still there. The problem's still there. The situation's still there. But God, I need you to change me. Amen. Many times peace is not a magical moment where all of a sudden all the surroundings change and we have peace. The greatest peace is God's peace. And that peace surpasses all understanding. In other words, when you can't understand why you're in the situation, why you're going through this, you can still have peace. When you can't understand why am I this way, you can still have peace. Or why am I dealing with the situation or the circumstances, you can still have peace. In other words, this peace transcends the emotions and the circumstances. But, you know, too many times we are not careful. We are worshiping our emotions or our state and giving it more importance than God or others. Amen. We're not dealing with the hole that's in the boat. You know, honestly, these, you know, uh, we, we won't, we won't change, but when, what you have to change is what you believe and what your thoughts are upon and what your thinking is. And, you know, as the Bible says, as you think in your heart, so you will be many, if not all people have strongholds in their minds that hold them in the bondage by the way they think. And there's many strongholds that we could deal with tonight. There's strongholds of addiction and strongholds of anger and strongholds of fear and strongholds of loneliness and strongholds of rejection, strongholds of unforgiveness or jealousy, and the list goes on and on. And you can see people allow these things to become really predominant in their lives to where even like a stronghold of of unforgiveness to where they can't even gather with family no more. They can't even be in somebody's presence. Why? Because there's a stronghold there. And, And they want the situation to change, but they won't deal with the hole that's in the bottom of the boat. Amen. You know, and, and so we got to realize that whatever we think, as David would say in the Psalms, he said, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right, but I hate every false way. And I believe that's what we got to come to is when we realize God's word is first, as we've been preaching on this, we got to put God's word in its proper place. That when it comes to our thinking or our ways or whatever, we're willing to submit ourselves and say, God, I'm not the right person. I'm not right in this situation. Your word is right. Amen. And I I hate every false way. So every way that I have that don't line up to the word of God is a false way. You say, well, I was born this way, or this is just the way I am. This is just, if it does not line up with the Word of God it's a stronghold, it's a false way. And David said, I hate every false way. Hallelujah. He is acknowledging one God is always right about everything. Hallelujah, he is right about marriage. He is right about money. He is right about our family. He is right about forgiveness. He's right about bitterness. He's right about everything you can put there. Anything you can think of, God is right. Amen. Amen. He also said, I hate every false way, every idea, every reasoning, anything I think or do. That's contrary to the word of God. I hate it. Lies can imprison you and therefore defeat you. And we have to turn down the lie of Satan. Eve didn't turn down Satan's lie. It brought death to the human race. And and if you don't turn down Satan's lie, it's going to bring death to you. Amen. But what happened with Mary? She accepted the word of God and it brought forth life. Amen. We must rely not upon our abilities, but upon our weapons that God has given us. Amen. And use them against the enemy. Knowing it's not our strength, it is his strength. It's not our abilities, it's his abilities. It's not my wants, it's his wants. It's not the way I've desired, it's his desire. It's everything about him. His way is the way I want. Hallelujah. This is what he would say in Ephesians 6 and verse 10. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong. Where? Where? Well, I got a strong nature. That's not where you're to be strong in. I know many times we rely upon our God-given our natures, our human natures. Amen. But that's not what we're to be strong in. To be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. The scripture said it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. Amen. And Amplified, it would say it like this. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered by your union with him. This is the power that a Christian draws from. This is what gets him to the deepest of valleys and and what gets him to the greatest of sorrows. It's not who I am; It's who he is. It's not me that does it. It's the Father that does it in me. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. Hallelujah. I know people draw their strength from a good, a good a, a, something that happened, you know, well, this happened over here, and, that, and testimonies and those things are wonderful, but no matter if there's never another testimony, we draw our strength from him. Yeah. Hallelujah. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, we're not contending, contending, contending with a physical opponent, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in heavenly or supernatural spheres. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done all, the crisis demands to stand. Stand firmly in your place and don't give back, don't step back an ounce or an inch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand therefore, hold your ground, and having tightened the belt of truth around your loins, and having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral, amen, responsibilities and right standing with God, and having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with full, firm footed stability and promptness and a readiness that's produced by the gospel of peace, lift up over all the covering, Of the saving faith of Almighty God, upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit and wield it, which is the Word of God. Pray at all times, at every occasion, in every season. Oh, hallelujah. Amen, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance. Amen, this is what we're to do. God is given of himself. All of these are weapons of the spirit. Amen, and this is where he tested them all out. Jesus, when he came, filled with the Holy Ghost, he was tempted in all manner. He tested every weapon, and he tried everything, and he realized it works. It'll hold through every temptation. It'll hold in the middle of the storm. It'll hold in sickness and trouble when family leaves you and everybody walks away. It'll hold. When your closest friends walks away, it'll hold. Hallelujah. When people defect, it'll hold. He's tested it over and over, and he gave of himself. He gave us a spirit, amen, to pull down strongholds, not to let those strongholds hold you. Hallelujah. He's got examples all through the Bible of pulling down strongholds. Jericho was a stronghold, but God didn't let it stand. He tore it down, amen. Listen, God is in the business of taking down strongholds. God is in the business of of rewriting lives, rewriting situations to where it don't even hold you no more. His spirit is here to lead and guide. He came in the flesh to do what? To destroy the works of the devil. He came to put himself in your battle. (laughs) And this is where Paul is talking to me. He said, look, be strong in the Lord. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Amen. Amen. What is he showing? He's showing a union there that it's not just you and you alone. I know Satan loves to get people out, and they, you're all by yourself, and nobody cares. Listen, God's with you. Jesus is with you. Amen. This is what happened when the great triumphant general, this is what he said, taking the whole armor of God, came down and was the word made flesh. He took that word and he defeated Satan on every ground. He took the word and he said, You destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in the third day. Why David in the word, he said, I'd suffer my holy one not to see corruption. Neither will I leave his soul in hell. He knew that that was one promise of God. He would be raised up and he took that word and went to death with it. Amen. Yeah. Knowing that the word would come to pass in his body and raise him up again. Hallelujah, and there's not one word of God's promises that will not come to pass. He said, heavens and earth will pass away, but my word will never fail. Every promise is perfect. And on one promise in the scripture, he stood and went to death on one promise. Oh, hallelujah. Amen, on one promise can we not stand and go into eternal life? Jesus knew corruption set in the body after 72 hours the nose falls in begins to stink David said by the Holy Ghost a man inspired the word of the Lord coming to the prophets I'll not suffer him to see corruption he knew before one cell could corrupt he would be up out of the grave He was the word, fortified by the word. He rose up and he conquered death, hell, and the grave and himself came back in the form of the Holy Ghost to fortify his army for this last day. For this last day, this big onslaught where there'd be great intellectual giants rising up, reasoning against the word of God. But a promise said, I'll not leave you or forsake you, but I'll be with you, and I will not leave you comfortless, but I'll come again, and I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're not in the boat alone. Listen, we got a God who's in the boat fixing business. Let me go down for a minute. I, I heard this song today and it just, it just spoke to me. It was a Charles Johnson singing it, him and the Revivers. And this chorus says Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. He holds my hand when I begin to tremble when the winds of this world are blowing strong. And I believe we are seeing if we're feeling the winds of the world blowing. Jesus is a fence around his children. His grace is sufficient enough to stand the storm. His word is a promise we can stand on when the winds of this world are blowing strong. Satan is moving to and fro throughout the land, seeking whom he made devour. But he was defeated at Golgotha that day when Jesus made him out to be a liar. Amen. Oh, Satan is always sneaking around the gate, trying to lead a sheep astray. But he that is in us is greater than him. So then we rebuke him and chase him away. If you're caught up in the winds of the world with no joy in your life at all, just give your heart to Jesus. He'll always understand, and he'll never let you fall. Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. Hallelujah. This is what Paul was trying to get a hold of, get a hold of our minds to let us know in the storm he's with you. In the battle, he's with you. In disease, he's with you. In situations of life, he's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Jesus is with me. Who do you think you're wrapped around? Who's wrapped around you when you put on the armor of God? It's not our creeds. It's not our dogmas. It's not our religion. It's the weapons of God. God. Amen. But he said that he gave us this for the great onslaught of the great intellectual giants that would be raising up at the last day. Intellectual giants, it says, days of miracles are past. Intellectual giants, it says, there's no such a thing as divine healing no more. Intellectual giants, it says, mercy's over. Come on now, there's intellectual giants making these decrees, and they're calling it out and saying there's nobody else to be saved. There's nobody else to be filled with the Holy Ghost. There's no, there's, there's not the, the Holy Ghost power can't keep. Listen, there's intellectual giants in this message. They're saying the Holy Ghost can't keep you no more. It's a mess. It's intellectual giants that have people have raised up in their own thinking and their own vain imaginations, and, and begin to say things the world, the word has never said, right, yeah. and begin to decree things. And, and begin, but he said, "But in these times, I'm not going to leave you comfortless, but I'm going to be with you." Hallelujah. He said, I pray to the Father. He'll send another comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. This is what the armor of God is. It is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You cannot use the word of God without the Holy Ghost. You cannot use a shield of faith without the Holy Ghost. He said to pray in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. The word, God's great artillery, artillery in a human being manifesting the resurrection. Think of it. The great conqueror who conquered every sickness. The great conqueror who conquered every sickness. So I think we ought to let cancer know tonight, it's conquered. Blood pressure, no, it's conquered. Every sickness is conquered. That ought to give shouting shoes to us tonight. Every sickness, our chief captain has already conquered it. Hallelujah. He's conquered every superstition. He's conquered every giant. He's conquered both death, hell, and the grave. He's conquered every atmosphere. Oh, hallelujah. And he ascended on high, but he didn't stay there. He comes back in the form of the Holy Ghost. And now we are more than conquerors. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you know there's a spirit in the building that can be placed on the inside of you that'll overcome that depression? that can overcome every kind of demon oppression, yeah. demon uh, torment spirits that want to come against the children of God. There is a spirit, the Holy Ghost, that will overcome everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as a bride of Jesus Christ, we need to be holding the banner. The Holy Ghost works. Yeah. The Holy Ghost heals. It saves. It, amen. It'll save to the uttermost. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost will break every addiction. The Holy Ghost will break every spirit in hell. It's already been conquered. Amen. And we've been made more than conquerors. Pulling down strongholds. Oh, he says, what an army. He said, she'd be an invincible army. In other words, an army that's unbeatable, unstoppable. an army that can't lose why he's in us he's already conquered I don't have to do a thing but just believe in him and walk on for he's risen and his spirit is now in us the same resurrection presence that fell in that body and raised him up from the grave is in the people that's got the Holy Ghost we raised up from the things of the world. We've raised up from unbelief. We've raised up from creeds to a living Christ with every power of the enemy defeated. Even death itself is defeated. Hell's defeated. Graves defeated. Sickness defeated. Amen. Not me. He conquered it. It's not what I am. It's what he is. It's not where I'm at. It's where he's at. I'm passed from death and life. He said, well, you might call me celiac preaching like this. He said, well, I feel better the way I am. Just let me alone. If you don't want to believe it, let us alone. Amen. Because Amen. I know out there, as he says, I was dead. But I'm a lot better off today because of this word that's been given us in this hour. He didn't. He don't go before us. He even goes in us. Oh, Hallelujah. He tells a story about a fire that broke down and broke out down in Jeffersonville and, and it about burned this whole thing down. And they got a fire department out, the Jeffersonville fire department standing around like a little boy with a little water hose, chief walking around with a cigar out. <laughs> Saying, squirt a little water here and squirt a little water there. Come on. Squirt a little water up there. Well, we got another fire department. Get another one. We ain't sufficient. Send down Clarksville and hey come bang bang bang. The chief walked out, shook hands with the other chief, doing what honor to one another. How can you have faith when you have honor to have to honor just like that? Some great men, some big guys, some presb. It's not about that. We're brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. It's nothing big among us, it's about what's in us that's big. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, that'll deal with every racial problem right there. It ain't black or white. It ain't red or yellow. It's what's in us that's big. Hallelujah. It's what's in us that'll cause somebody to get up out of a wheelchair and walk again. It's what's in us that'll call a woman that's laying there almost brain dead. And the doctors ain't giving no hope. But a little man walking in the room be a call for her life. It's what's in us that produces that. It's what's in us, the Holy Ghost in every one of us believers. It ain't no great holy bishops and great holy fathers. It's the Holy Ghost in his people. Hallelujah. It ain't big big preachers and little preachers. It's the Holy Ghost in his people. Here comes Clark. Oh, good evening, Chief Bishop. How you doing? The building burning right down. This is where they're at. They've become so intellectual that they put themselves outside of the age God is calling a bride out of, and squirt a little water over here, and squirt a little water over there. Big eyes and little U's, mocking us, making fun of us. Meanwhile, the building's burning down. Break Break out that window, squirt a little water over here. He said, well, when that Louisville army of firefighters come, swirled that little truck, that big truck around there in the streets, they about cleaned off half the sidewalk when they turned it. Who was up at the end of that ladder? It was the chief himself. He had a hose in one hand and an ax in the other, and he said, let her go. And they pulled the lever. Who went first? The fire chief. When it hit up against the wall, he took that axe before the ladder got against the wall and he slammed it through the window. And he said, come on, boys. Let's go put this fire out. And he said, that's exactly what Christ done. The word come, living in a human being. And he took a hose and an axe and he conquered the death, hell, and the grave. And he said, come on now. I'm with you. You're not in this war alone. I'm with you. He has shown time after time. I'm with you in the fire. I'm with you in the water. I'm with you in every situation. Don't forget who's with you. Amen. The great conqueror. He said, We don't need great intellectual denominations. Well, I belong to the biggest church in this nonsense. It ain't even I belong to the littlest one. I belong to the one. Amen. <laughs> I've been in the, he said, I've been in the Branham family for 53 years. They didn't ask me to join the family. I was born a Branham. He said, that's the way you're a child of God. You're born a child of God by the new birth. Amen. And where do we get away from that? It's so like Brother Branham would say, I can tell you where he put it in it. You tell us where he took it out. Right. We're not born by believing a message. That's only a start. HAVE YOU RECEIVED THE HOLY GHOST SINCE YOU believed? BUT WE'VE GOTTEN AWAY FROM THAT, GOTTEN AWAY FROM PREACHING THE HOLY GHOST. IT'S LIKE IT'S SOME KIND OF OLD FOGY IDEA. IT IS THE IDEA. IT IS ALL OF THE IDEA. IF YOU DON'T GET THAT, you MISSED THE WHOLE BOAT. IF YOU DON'T GET THAT, YOU DON'T EVEN HAVE BOAT. YOU'RE SUNK. He said many times, he begins to talk about the armor. He said, "Why is a nation providing all this protection and training and 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 all the?" And he said, yeah, "They can put this ninety-something pound pack on this ninety-something pound man. and Lord, he started sweating to death. Is it really worth? Is it really? We really got to go through all of this? We, well, you know." And he starts complaining. He said, "But when he gets in the battle." Then he'll appreciate all of that. He said, Wait till the battle comes. He'll appreciate what's all in his pack. You know, many times we get aggravated with what we're going through. Mm -hmm. God's training us for something. We get mad at God, we get angry. Oh, I'm not mad at God. Well, check your attitude. Because we allow it to overtake us, and we allow it to be our stronghold to where that's all we can think, eat, sleep, anything about. It's a stronghold. God knew that this time would come. He knew the time that we'd be living in and all the intellectual giants that are spouting out their nonsense and he knew the kind of enemies we'd be facing with the, trying to reason the power of God out of the church and prove that days of miracles are past and prove God don't do that no more. So what does God do? He packs his church with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> this is the prophet of God. Speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, gifts, and all kinds of things. They may seem hard in the training, but in the battlefront, every one of them's got to be used. God equips his soldiers exactly what it takes for the battle. They might say, well, just learn psychology. Just learn. Just be. You know, He said, that's thinner than a broth made of a shadow of a chicken that's half starved to the There's no. That's no good. We have to have the power of the Holy Ghost coming upon a man. Hallelujah. You said, I just don't like to get out. I just don't like to pray. I just don't like. We got to have the power of the Holy Ghost coming upon a man. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. He said, if you don't like it, you're going to get killed in the battlefront. You're going to be a defector. Oh no, I, I'll never do. Peter didn't think you would either. Right. Judas, when he first started walking with God, he didn't think he would either. Right. Yeah. Amen. He said, you stay there until a God equips you with the baptism of the Spirit. Right. And then everything you got need of in this world or the world to come is in you right then. The all-wise God knows how to equip his army. He equips it with the best thing, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Mercy. He knew that people would reason. It would go to reading this word when it come out in print out here and what would happen. Hello, somebody. Oh, they could then now find, get a message search and follow follow him and realize he he said this here and he said this over here. They got mistakes over here and they begin to reason, 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 until they talk themselves right out of it. He knew it would happen. He knew there was going to be people that would do all of that and bring all their... Their fake trials against the prophet of God. He knew all of that. Amen. Yeah. So what does he equip you with? Not with more reasoning. Not with a greater intellect than what they got. Right. He, he, he equips you with the greatest power ever known to the man of yeah. any man in, that ever lived on the face of this earth. It is the power of the Holy Ghost yeah. that will hold you in your greatest trial. Because yeah. yeah. it held him. He said, we knew, he knew it would come to where people would say, where is the God of history? Where's the God that crossed the Red Sea and opened it up? Where's the God that healed the sick? God knew it would take the baptism of the Holy Ghost to prove his later, latter day signs. Right. He knew it would have to be, to be an effective witness. Oh, Hallelujah. He knew what it was going to take. He knew what it was going to take to hold you in the fire. He knew what it was going to take to hold you in the middle of the storm. He knew all about it. So he gave us the best there is. Satan knows that reasoning and what reasoning powers there are, and where it lays the power of reason, and and so he knows what it is to come against you in the mental uh, capacities. But God doesn't fight him with your mental capacities. He fights him with the spirit. He says, listen to this, he equipped his army with the Holy Ghost to do those things, I'm talking about to be effective witness, to, be, to, to show the signs. He, he equipped his people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost to do those things. To make the secrets of the heart known, as he promised. You can't do that with any kind of training. You can only do it by the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the armor of God. And this is the evening light. To make e- Hebrews 13, 8 a reality, it would make, take more than a training. You can read words, you can read words, you can read words. It will never make it come to pass until you have the Holy Ghost in there to manifest it. Amen. That's the light. Putting on the whole armor of God. Not just to dress only or dress up and say, Glory to God, I got the Holy Ghost. You're spurting all the power out of the whistle. You're doing no good. Put it in action. Put it in faith. Make it move. Make it do something. Put it on the whole armor of God to go out and withstand the wiles of the devil. Amen. And to tear down his strongholds. It's what he would say in Romans 8 and verse 5, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. For then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. You're not in the flesh if the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of God, Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Hallelujah. It's not by our mental capabilities. It's by his spirit. It's not how good we can put quotes together. It's by his spirit. This is why Paul says I do not come to you with words of man's wisdom and enticing words of man's wisdom. I come to you in power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Listen, people got it all wrong. They think it's something just to get up and give a little flowery speech and the goods that make us feel a little good. Listen, I ain't interested in a flowery speech. Amen. For that matter, Obama was a good speech maker, but I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in a good speech. I'm interested in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. When I see that, I know God is there. When I see lives changed, I know God is there. Amen. You know, one of the greatest testimonies of this church is not it's sitting on Highway 371 with a sign out front. It's not it's rock pillars and it's nice carpet and beautiful piano, beautiful pews that were donated. That's not the greatest sign. One of the greatest signs of this church being a living, breathing Body of Christ is there's young people sitting there hungry for the Word of God. One of the greatest signs of a church being a dead church is the young people ain't hungry. They're not growing. They're not moving on. They're going into the things of the world. I'll never forget when this man and woman sat there and said, you know what? I, they come from the Baptist. They tried to come, become a message, but they just only become Baptist Methodist. My Baptist message. <laughs> but they said one of the greatest things that testified to us about your church was that our church there was only sixty-year-old and up. That's about all that's there. The young people are gone. But we came to your church, and there's young people that's worshiping God. Amen. There's life there. Amen. Hallelujah! I want to be where life's at. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to be where the Spirit of God can move and convict and, and move upon hearts and, and change them. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, my. This, and I, I want to get to this for a moment because there is a power. You know the power is not a temporary power. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, you come to, ca- come to church tonight in a car. How many come in a car or a truck, vehicle? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody coming in a horse or buggy, I don't think. But anyway, <laughs> car and truck, everybody came in there? Enjoyed that nice that nice um, heat. Mm-hmm. Right. and Maybe some windshield wipers. I don't know if it was raining or whatever. Enjoyed that, keeping the elements off of you. But that car and its power is temporary. That's right. That's right. It about lasts till the pavements are done, <laughs> if you're lucky. Right. They gave, they, I think they make them that way. Used to, you can get a washing machine that lasts 30 years, and they decide, you know, that's a bad idea. They last that long. They won't ever come back and buy another one. So they make them last just a certain length. That's what they do. Parts are made out of plastic and from China and everywhere else. And they put it all together. It's only temporary. Uh, It's only a temporary thing. But what you have, the Holy Ghost, is not temporary. And something that's temporary is also limited your car has a limited horsepower it has limited abilities it can go only a certain distance without being refueled it, it has limitations it, it can only cool so much in the hottest of summer it can only heat so much in the coldest of winter it has limitation but you do not have a power in you that is limited you do not have a power in you that's temporary or, or, or it is eternal This is what Paul said in Hebrews 7 and verse 14. He said, For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, which is the tribe Moses, spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. Woo, that's what power I'm talking about. And that power of endless life has made you. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You can tell that a power that made the car, a car's limited. It has limitability. So it had to be a limited power that made a limited creation. Oh, come on now, but this power is not limited. And if it made you kings and priests, it didn't give you a limitation. It said you're, you're kings and priests over every spirit, over every ruler of darkness, over every power, over every depression, over every anxiety. You have been made rulers. Hallelujah. The devil is limited. Oh, hallelujah. The devil is limited. Amen. He was created. He didn't create him to destroy. He was created as an angel of light. But he was given a choice. And he made the wrong choice. And here now he's destined for destruction. You know it's kind of it's kind of uh, humorous to me to think about the devil. He laughs at me. I like laughing at him. Amen. But to realize he's limited. To realize he's like my car. He has an end. Amen. That ought to put some some joy in some hearts tonight. When you realize that depression has an end, that sickness has tormented you, has an end. And he, a limited being, is trying to defeat something that's unlimited That's just how stupid the devil is. But you have been made kings and priests. You have been made rulers. He hath made us. I didn't make myself this. He made me this. There are certain truths. Brother Ramon said you have to emphasize. He made us. Salvation is his doing. All of his grace. All of his power. He redeemed us for a purpose. He brought us here for a purpose as kings. Over a spiritual kingdom. We're going to be kings upon the earth with him. But now we rule as spiritual kings. We reign over a spiritual kingdom. We reign with Christ. Having dominion over sin. That's what the Holy Ghost does for the believer. It gives you a dominion over sin. Therefore sin does not rule you no more. You rule sin. If sin is still ruling you. Then you don't have a dominion. You don't have the Holy Ghost. But if, that's, if you are ruling over sin, the world, the flesh, and the devil, that's the dominion that Christ has given us, showing forth his praise and glory, showing forth himself, for it is Christ in us, willing and doing his good pleasure. He has made us kings and priests. To the Christian today, how many Christians? The victory is won. You need to look at that stronghold and say the victory is won. Just like Joshua would look at Jericho and he said the victory is won. Before one wall came down, before one stone crumbled, before one little motion was made, the victory is won. Amen, and when the victory is won, the joy bells are ringing. Why, the victory is won. In order to conquer and win the greatest battle that's ever won, he stepped out of glory, and he took on human flesh. He didn't come in the form of an angel. He didn't come as a great person. He came, and he didn't take on muskets and bullets and atomic bombs. He clothed himself in humanity like a little baby, born in a manger in a manure pile stink, rotten flesh, human Human flesh. Look at the different material of warfare, human flesh. He chose to do battle with Satan. He could have done battle as God, spoke him right out of existence. But he chose to do human battles as a human. Oh, my. So he would know what it's like to hold his head with a headache. He would know what it's like for his body to swell. He would know what it was like for blood to run down, and these sores and canker. He would know what it's like to go through all temptations. He would know what it was like to face mind battles. He would say, Destroy this temple. But in three days I would ra- He would say it under such great anointing. But as a human, he would have mind battles. Just like you. Right. <laughs> Adam's race was in bondage without hope, Amen. without a chance, without mercy without anything that could help them. The great enemies of the lower regions of the lost had shut them up in darkness and there was not a way out. There was no one that could help them. Nothing could be done. It looked like a total, complete loss. But our hero came down from the portals of glory for there was no man on earth that could do the job. They were all worldly speaking in the same boat. They were all born in sin, shaped in iniquity, coming to the world, speaking lies. None of us could help each other. We stood helpless, defeated, chaos on every hand. We couldn't keep the simplest of laws and ceremonies. Finding weaknesses, we had them. It seemed like the whole human race was going to be wasted. But he came. Because he was in the beginning. The Bible said he was the word and he descended down and the word became flesh and was dwelt among us. He was the word and the word became the intercessor and the word became flesh. The same flesh that was in the world received it in glory. Now the high priest making intercession. He knows what it's like. Amen. He knows what it's like to go through those battles. He knows what it's like to face loneliness. He knows what it's like to face fear and anxiety. He knows all about it. As God, He couldn't know. That's the material the church got. What a weapon! He was the Word born in a manger. He came to use the weapon to conquer the world, not army bullets, not machine guns, not tanks, a different manner. He came in the form of love. He came to conquer. He came to put the devil under his feet. He came to conquer hatred. And if you've got Christ in you, hatred is conquered. He came to conquer bitterness. And if you got Christ in you, bitterness is conquered. Come on now. He came to conquer unforgiving. And if you got Christ in you, unforgiveness is conquered. Come on. If you don't, if it's still eating at your flesh eating at your flesh and tormenting your thoughts and all of that, it's not conquered, therefore you don't have Christ. You got holes in your boat. Christ came to conquer. He came to love those that were unlovable. He came with a different sort of weapon. He humbled himself, made himself lower than the angels. We're in the Christmas season to suffer death. To give us an example. And when he was here on earth, he walked among men. He proved his weapon of warfare could heal the sick. He proved it could feed 5,000. He proved he had a power greater than any atomic power. He proved that he could, amen, that he could get water from the, not, not only did he, could he get water from a well, he made wine out of that water. He proved he had power to conquer. He proved he had power over the grave when he walked to Lazarus' grave. And Lazarus had been stinking for four days. And then and, and skin worms were crawling through his body. And he said, Did I not say to you, thou canst believe all things are possible? And he said, Well, my brother's dead. He said, He's not dead, he just sleepeth. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Hallelujah. He only made he never only made a statement, but he also was able to carry out that statement and make it. It manifest among them. Amen. Why? Because of the power that was inside of him. It was a power of endless life. Dwelling in him, veiled in human flesh, a man, but inside dwelt none other than the almighty God, Amen. the great and mighty one. He could create. He could create new things. He could speak and it would happen. He could curse and it would be so. And he humbled himself. He stayed low. He wanted to give an example. He wanted to be the right kind of conqueror. Come on now. He wanted to be the right. Well, I want to be a conqueror. We want to be the right kind of conqueror. That's right. Yeah. woman would argue with Brother Branham as we bring this down. He was just a man. He said, you want to make him deity, but he was just a man. You try to make him too great. He said, lady, there's no words that could express his greatness and how great he truly was. Well, as John would write, and he said, if it, was, if it all was told of all the miracles and things that happened, it couldn't hold it. The books couldn't hold it. Well, you, he was nothing but a man, or maybe a prophet, but a man. He was God. said, so you make him deity, he was not. He wept. As he said, well, that was just the heart of God. He was flesh. He bore in his body the same desires and things we do. But yet to become the perfect sacrifice, he had to do that. He so said, he wept. He was just a man. He was a man when he was weeping. But when he stood back and he straightened on shoulders up and he said, Lazarus, come forth. That was more than a man because corruption knew its master. There was a power of endless life standing there to break the strongholds that was holding Lazarus. Oh, hallelujah. This is what the Holy Ghost does for you. It comes into your life, not for you to live with the devil. It comes into your life so you can overcome the devil. So you can rise above the devil. Amen. It comes to you to make you greater than the powers that hold you. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. Corruption. Newest maker. He said, oh, you're talking about beating the dishpans and blowing the horn. The world ought to be in a jubilee. Like never has been the screams and shouts of his people. Because in this Memorial Day, that he conquered the last enemy and set us captives free. Oh, yes, he was a man, but he proved himself to be God when he stepped on the brow of the boat. He was sleeping as a man, but on the boat, he said, peace be still. And the winds and the waves obeyed him. True, he hungered like a man when he came down. But when he took those five fish and five biscuits and two fish and fed 5,000, he was more than a man. Hallelujah. He proved his last of his messiahship when he broke the bands of death and he raised from the grave and said, I'm alive forevermore. There's the, the conqueror. You're talking about jerking off the aprons and waving it around. People say we're crazy because we shout, because we run, because we scream, because we holler. They've never felt the victorious vibrations of heaven. That the battle is over, it's conquered. He's already conquered for me. It is over. And he stands alone this morning as the mighty conqueror. Amen. He made a highway where there was no highway. Where Satan had blocked it off. He talks about the highways, the first line of doubt, demons of doubt. Then prejudice. And then the next was selfishness. The earth covered over with lines of demon power, sickness and diseases. But he arose into heaven, overcoming every one of them. And he broke every power the devil holds over man. Did you hear me, church of the living God? He broke every power that the devil's ever held over man. (laughs) And in in between him and... And every believer is the blessed old highway of holiness that the righteous can walk and a way of escape has been cut to glory and we're going up that highway. And while we're going, his people are having a jubilee. Tens of thousands of them around the world are shouting of victory. He said, when the First World War is over, and the message coming down the road, what's all the noise about? The war is over. The war is over. What's all the noise about? The war's over. He said, Oh, brother, I'm here to tell you it's already done. The conquering's already done. The enemy's already defeated. What's all the shouting about? My enemy's defeated. What's all the shouting about? My sickness has been taken care of. What's all the shouting about? My depression has fell off of me. What's all the shouting about? My God's victorious. And he's given the victory to me. And he said it takes this blessed old baptism of the Holy Spirit to guide you up this highway. Without it, you're not walking. Amen. And in this power is the power over every sickness. In this power is the power over every stronghold. In this power is the power over, every, over death. In this power is the power over every grave. Right. And it won't be long. Those graves are going to come back up again. Amen. And open up. And the, those dead in Christ is going to rise. And we're going to go to meet him. Why are we shouting? Why do we rejoice? Why do we weep? People say, what's the matter of them? What's the matter? I know it's finished. He's already done it. He's already paid the price. It's all over. It's as good as done. The glory and the power of God is made known. It's a finished one. So if it's a finished work, why would we let a stronghold hold us? What, what happened? What changed with Joshua? What changed with the, the, the Hebrew children or the, or, the, or the children of Israel as they cross the, uh, that Jordan River? They begin to look at Jericho in a different light. Once they looked at them as giants and walls too high. And impossible situations. But God wants to change your view and your thought. When you see Jericho, I see a defeated foe. When I see cancer, I see a defeated foe. When I see spirits that wants to rise up, and I see a defeated foe. Change your look at Satan. He's defeated. That's powerful. It is the power of endless life that breaks strongholds. It's unlimited. You know the strongholds you've allowed to rise up in your life. It's a defeated thing, if you'll recognize it. But as long as you look at it as a giant, as long as you look at it as an impossible situation, as long as you look at it as no way out, as long as your thoughts are going down that path, it'll hold you. But if your thoughts could ever change, say, this is defeated. It's been broke. I wonder how many would say, God, I've been praying for things to change, but I want you to change me. I need you to change me. There's a power to plug the hole in your boat. There's a power that's greater than your emotions. Is a power that can bring all these things subject and has brought all these things subject the Holy Ghost Lord you see the hands that were lifted all over this building too many times Lord we we look for that magical moment And it does happen where circumstance changes. You, You change things. But many times, you want to change us. And our perspective and what we're looking at and how we're looking at something and what we're thinking about and how we're thinking of it. Oh, God, change us, Lord. Help us to recognize the enemy As a defeated enemy. Help us to recognize, Lord, the spirits that try to hold us as defeated spirits. Help us to recognize the sickness that tries to come as a defeated sickness. Grant it, Father. Oh, Jesus. Let the presence of God just fall upon every heart. You've been drawing, you've been calling, Lord, these last few services. It's your spirit wooing. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Move, I pray. Be granted, Lord. Lord, forgive us if we allowed bitterness to be a stronghold, unforgiveness to be a stronghold. Jealousy to be a stronghold We look at others And see what others are doing How God's blessing The devil wants to come put that stronghold of jealousy in our lives But Lord let us lay it aside It don't have power over us Father Bless these hands I pray
2: of the lord dear jesus you see the need here tonight we just ask god that you'll meet it according to your riches and glory for this need and for every other need tonight you are the risen king you're the lord of lord you're the one that knows how to fix our lives and turn things around lord to cause us to walk in faith and love and peace and forgiveness and grace May, Lord, your grace just come upon us, Lord, tonight. Even, Lord, as we bind together as a group of believers, praying for the needs of your people here and all around the world, Lord, we're needy people. I pray, oh, God, that you'll just come, Father. Meet the needs of your children, Lord. Heal those that are sick. Deliver your children, Lord. Oh, God, let them fix the things that are in their lives by taking your word and... And apply it Lord put it into action we ask it in the name of Jesus come Holy Spirit just come Lord in that special way Lord right now moving in lives and hearts in Jesus name thank you for it Lord we thank you for it Lord In Jesus name come Holy Spirit I need you come in thine own special way Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Amen. Invite him to your pew tonight. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Come in that strength now. We'll come time singing till now. Invite him to come to your pew. Ready? Come oh.